Hello, welcome to episode two. Today I thought I would be sharing the four stages of flow. The reason why I wanted to share the four stages of flow is we kind of talked about the ethos of effortless last podcast episode. <laughs> it's still new, okay? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out, you know, is it an episode, is it a video, is it a Facebook Live? It was an episode. Uh, the reason why I wanted to share with you the four stages of flow is I think it's a really powerful uh, model to to bridge some of the conscious confusion around what is manifestation, what are the steps, what are the stages, and also to identify why is it not worked for me? Why is my manifestation not happened? Why do I feel stuck still? Um, and exactly what to do about it. And, and so without further ado, I'm just going to introduce the four stages. So I just want you to imagine four circles side by side uh, and kind of like the Olympics logo, but not intertwined, just four circles. On the left circle, this one is called resistance. The second from the left, we'll call this trust and faith. The third one is superflow, and the fourth circle is celebrate and reflect. And so these four stages each have specific things that need to happen within them in order to move to the next one. The other thing to know about this model is it's a cyclical model. So what that means is you're going to go around this several times. And the the last thing to know about this model is like whenever you set an intention for something, so you set a new goal, like for example, as I'm recording this, it's the Lionsgate portal. And as you're setting these intentions on Lionsgate and you're looking to manifest a, a, a lot, you know, a new desire, a new life, you're immediately going to create these four stages of flow that you have to go through in order to become a match for that reality. And so the other thing I want you to think about coming into this is there is a, a saying that I say often, which is resistance is a gift from our higher self. So we're given the cyclical model, this process that we're going through in order to have what it is that we want, right? So it's not happening to us, it's happening for us. We're, we're given this opportunity to go through it. So without further ado, the first one is resistance. This is the most common one. So if you're here on the call, or the, sorry, not the call, see what I mean? <laughs> if you're here on the podcast, you may be in a feeling of resistance. And that resistance, it, it shows up as a feeling of stuckness, right? It, you can feel quite deflated. You can feel out of alignment. Things are just not going your way. It may have even been going on for a while. You may have found yourself in resistance for a good six to eight months, maybe even longer. Maybe it's a short-term resistance. This is the most painful phase. So there's a couple of things that are really important with resistance. The first one is accepting you're in resistance. <laughs> like the, this is just a, it's a, it's a phase. It's part one of four. This is not the end. We want to treat ourselves with kindness, with reverence. We don't want to take ourselves so seriously. The seriousness and the judging of ourselves is often what can keep us stuck in the resistance longer. So we don't, we don't want to judge ourselves for being in the resistance. We just want to take a deep breath. <sighs> okay, I'm in resistance. I wonder what triggered me to get me here. So one of the, the exercises I get my clients to do is, what have your primary thoughts been as of this current moment? So pull out a journal. What are my primary thoughts? I've been thinking about this. I've been worried about this. I've been thinking about this. Okay, great. These are all my primary thoughts. The second thing that we want to do is, what have I been making them mean about me? What stories have I been telling myself about myself regarding these primary thoughts? And what you're going to find is there is this 
kind of recurring theme that's happening. And I borrow this from a mentor of mine called Joe Pane. And so it's also, sorry, worth mentioning, I should have said this at the start, where I first learned this model was from a mentor of mine, Irisel. Um, I can't remember her last name. She's just recently changed it. And so her name was Irisel, and she taught me this model. I don't know where she got it from, but this is where I learned it from. And then another mentor of mine, Joe Pane, has this model, T-E-M, thoughts, emotion, meaning. And so when we find the recurring theme of the resistance of the story that we're telling ourselves, there's a thought that we, that the story that we're telling ourselves, there's a thought there. That thought is triggering an emotion in us, which is part of the resistance. And that emotion is what we're feeling right now. That's the stuckness. That's the block between us and manifesting what we want. And then we're also attaching a meaning to that emotion. So if we're feeling stuck, and we feel guilty that we feel stuck or we feel shit that we feel stuck. The meaning is, oh, I'm always stuck. I'm always resistance. It's always hard, right? And so what we need to do in that scenario is we then take that meaning or that belief system that's been created and we shift that uh, by what we talked about in the first episode. So the, the, the entire resistance phase is about, okay, what are my current thoughts? What am I making them mean? What's the emotion? What's the meaning that I'm giving these things? And, and seeing them for the first time and then doing the necessary clearing work if we have to, choosing new empowered thoughts. In order to get there, we have to accept that this resistance is a gift. Please stop blaming yourself for being in resistance. <laughs> like The worst thing we can do is shame ourselves for being in resistance and judge ourselves for being in resistance. So if you're listening to this, this is your permission. You don't have to blame yourself being resistance it's natural we're part like you're allowed to be there right now sometimes you just have to accept that you are in resistance and let it suck for a couple of days just actively let the feeling of resistance exist and to suck that can be the best thing you can do feel bad about it like actually cry about it i was listening to oh god this is so embarrassing um Ian Tongi, who is an american idol and he has this audition uh in which he sings about his father uh, he sings James Blunt's Monster uh, about his father who's passed. I don't know what it is about that audition. It just makes me cry every single time, like ugly tears. It, like, like my father is awesome. He's still alive. Like it's, still, it's, like it's nothing to do with my dad passing. I don't know what it is about his voice and his audition, but check him out. Um, Iam, I-A-M, Tongi, T-O-N-G-I, American Idol audition. He sings the James Blunt. It just absolutely knocks me over anyway so the purpose of that was it, it allowed me to just release right to just have a big cry just to suck i don't know what it was i didn't need to know what it was i just knew that there was something inside of me that needed to be released and so that was this is part of the resistance facts after we've got through the resistance one of the other thing that is helpful here is what do we want right now what's going to be exciting what's going to give us that feeling of like ooh tickles uh, for some of us, it's a satisfaction. For others, it's a sense of peace. It's a, For others, it's like being seen. We're touching a little bit on what I would call the signature feeling of specific human design profiles. If you don't know what human design is, it's okay. You don't need to know, right? It's, it's just, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not an expert. I may refer to it. But effectively, what is your feeling? Like, how do you feel when you're in flow? Some people feel really satisfied. Some people feel excited. Some people feel really seen. Uh, and these are a whole lot of other signatures. But do you remember what it felt like 
the last time that you you were in flow. And so what right now is going to bring you close to that? If you can't access that, you need to have some fun. You need to do something that I call, my mentor used to call non-focused focus. So what that means is, I don't know if you've ever spoken to a friend where you're chatting and then the time just disappears. Like it just, I don't know what the word is. <laughs> it just, you, you become no space, no time. And, and you just lose space of, of time. That's non-focus focus. You are in no time in that state. And it's kind of like another version of let go, but I, for me, it's a more active let go. Other times this happens when I get caught up in a really good movie. You know, I just completely independent of what's going on and I just am enjoying the shit out of this movie. I'll, I'll take myself to the cinema, maybe even a really good meal and some quality time with my wife. Uh, what's some other things? A good massage can do that, can just bring you out of your mind into your body. And so this is really important to just, if you can't access that feeling of excitement, what would bring me joy right now? What would excite me to create? Then to create some space, right? By, by entering non-focus focus, letting go, pulling your energy back. And then after you've had some fun, you, you, you will have a, a thing drop in. It's quite strange to explain, but you will feel this pull or this kind of like ping. Oh, that would be a great idea. And this is, this is, will get you clear on what it is I want to create now. And if you're still super, super stuck, what I would suggest is create a really short term thing, right? Something that you can just do, uh, something that you could create, something small, but would get that sense of trust back that I can manifest what it is that I want to write, want to, want to do right now. So if you're a coach or consultant and it's been tough for a while, maybe it's just one or two clients. And what you would do is you would feel the feeling of those one or two clients. This is all in the resistance stage, by the way. I know there's a lot, but this is, this is, it's, this is key, right? Cause we need to be able to get to that feeling of what would it feel like to have my intention? What would bring me joy? What would excite me? Uh, another friend of mine said, joy is the GPS. You know, what thing would bring me joy? That's my GPS. That's my direction. So once you found that the second phase that we're entering in, this is step two of the four stages of flow is trust and faith. So this is where if we found a limiting belief, we need to manage that. So in the first episode, we talked about resistance to allowing things to be easy and effortless. In this phase, whenever that limiting belief pops up and says it has to be hard, we need to catch it, redirect it, and, and kind of say to it, it's okay, we've made the decision to allow things to be easy and effortless. So whatever limiting belief that you found, you know, that you might not be worthy of clients or no one is buying or whatever the, the resistance was limitation that we found in step one, this is the time where we practice reframing it, right? Where, where we catch it, we lasso it and we redirect it. And we say, ah, I'm choosing a slightly more empowered thought. It's also in this phase where you have to practice letting go as well. So doing the unfocused focus, trusting that when you have set the intention, you felt the feeling, you've locked it in. There's a really good explanation in Joe Dispenza's book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, where he talks about you need two things to collapse this reality from the quantum realm. And what I want you to imagine is like the quantum realm is where all this infinite possibility exists. And so this possibility where you've got a couple of clients, you've made X amount of revenue, it exists in the quantum realm. What we need to do is we need to have the thought which locates it, attach the emotion which kind of um, lassoes it, if you will, grabs it like a claw, 
And then when that happens, when those two things, when the thought and emotion meet on that reality that hasn't existed yet, that's in the quantum realm, it starts bringing it towards us. And this is the trust and faith phase, is we have to have trust and faith that we did enough to locate by deciding what we wanted and attaching the feelings of how it would feel to have that. That's enough to bring it in. And if that's creating resistance, <laughs> then you can go through and why is, why is that not true for me? Why could that not be true for me? Um, I also have a program that helps deal with this. If you want to know more about that, there should be a link in description to explain that kind of thing. So your job in this, in this moment is to have the thought attached to the moment, to trust that it's coming through, to manage any resistance that would pop up and say, no, it can't be that easy. You can't have that. That's not okay. That's not how this works. And you redirect that stuff. You also stay non-attached. So you hold it loosely. You don't try to strangle it and force the way that you think it should come in for it to come in that way. That that's not how this works because it, the more you focus, the more you focus on how you think it should come is let's say there's an infinite amount of ways, but let's just use a, a small number. So there's 10 ways that this thing could manifest for you. If you say it must come this way, it must come through my business. You're deleting every other nine ways that you may know of, or you may not know of, right? You may know of three, but there's seven other ways that you might not know that it could come through. And so by saying that it must come through your business or it must come this way, or you try to control the outcome and know how it's going to come, you actually delete all the other infinite ways that it could, slowing it down. The, a really good example of this, I had a, a super annuation over in New Zealand and I was working on manifesting 10K and I'd completely forgotten about it because I'd moved to Melbourne in 2016 before we moved to Bali in 2018. And I was sitting on this 10K Manifest 10K, Manifest 10K. And I was sure it was going to come through my business. And um, I, I'd forgotten that I'd set this intention to manifest 10K. I woke up one morning, I checked a random email, and it said, here's your balance of your super. Um, and so I, I log in, checked the balance. It's 14,000 New Zealand dollars, which is 4,000 more than what I set the intention for. And the interesting thing was, because it's super, you can't withdraw it. But there is a clause. The clause is if you're no longer in Australia or New Zealand, which I wasn't because I was nomadic, I'd given up my tax residency in Australia, uh, then I was eligible to withdraw it. I just needed to get a signatory uh, from the place that we're living, which is Kuala Lumpur at the time, and it was $14,000. And so this was an example of, I was never to know that that was the way down to the intricate detail of being able to find an exemption and, and that kind of thing. And this is this is what manifestation is, is it's, you, you have to let go of the how because there could be a miracle in which it's going to happen. But if you're so focused on how it's going to happen, you delete those miracles because you say the only way that's possible is the way that I'm focused on. So this is trust and faith. So we're managing thoughts. We're letting go. We're practicing the receiving it already. So you need to spend some time in the feeling of what would it feel like to already have it? What would it feel like to have the thing that you, that you wanted already? Can you already notice that you're in receiving? One of the things that happens with Donna and I is we get small manifestation before we get big manifestation. She just got a $160 refund from a telecommunications company. Like, when does that ever happen? Happened to me before as well. I got a $40 one. Or I would have this coffee card on my phone and I would scan and then I would just see free coffee. And it's just a small thing, but I always knew small manifestation before big one. I am already in the feeling of receiving. That's what, that's what we're doing here. We're practicing being in the receiving. And um, what will happen is in this phase, 
is you'll be given a nudge or an aligned action. And this is the action part that's really important, I think, because a lot of people start thinking that, oh, this stuff is ungrounded. You're not doing any work. You are doing work. Everything I've told you so far is work. You have to manage your thoughts. You have to be unfocused, focused. You have to practice receiving. You have to take the aligned action. Universe loves speed too. So the aligned action one day might not be the same aligned action the next day. You didn't have to tune into the next one. So all of this is work, right? The, the, the whole narrative of the manifestation is not work is, is not true. It's just a massive misconception. Being effortless doesn't mean that we don't do the work. It's just the work is not the silly work. Right. It's, it's just not like, okay, now do your Facebook cover. <laughs> no, that's not going to help. You know, <laughs> you need to clear your shit first and, and get into the, the vibe of what it is that you want before it happens. You need to know this is receiving you, manage your thoughts, you need clear limiting beliefs, you need to take aligned action, right? This is, this is the, the work work. And so it's not that radical what I'm saying to live an effortless life. It's just like you just do the proper work. Anyway, so. Once the aligned action comes, it, aligned action is really interesting because individually they might not make sense. And it's kind of like this ping. It's like, oh, that'd be a great idea. So this podcast has been on my mind for ages. I've, I've been wanting to do this for a long time and I keep seeing podcast, podcast, podcast. And so I finally did it. I finally pushed the, the trigger and we're away and we're doing it. And this is, um, yeah, this is an example of aligned action. I don't know where we're going to go with this. I don't know what guests are going to be involved. I've made this whole list of cool people that I know that I want to interview and this kind of stuff. I, I'm not supposed to know all of the steps. I just play the note. And then when I look back over time, all of those notes have made a melody of a multi six figure business. But my one path forward might not be the same path for absolutely everybody. Right? Like, and this is what's dangerous about the one size fits all mentality is that Yes, those were your steps that when stacked together made sense. And some of those steps might work for me, but some of those steps might not. And, and this is, this is what I think just, you know, our industry is starting to realize at large is just because your steps work for you doesn't mean they're all going to work for me. <laughs> and what is really sexy, I think, is, you know, what are the aligned steps for you that you might not logically see how they make a plan together. But once you play all the notes and you look back, it forms the harmony, it forms the melody. And, um, this is what the aligned action is. The difference between aligned action and a thought is the aligned action, like pops in your head, it goes ding, and it feels cool. And it might be a little bit scary and a little bit unfamiliar, but it, 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 it comes from within you. You feel compelled towards it. It shouldn't be this should or force or heart. So we take the aligned actions. Then we move to the third stage, which is superflow. This is pretty self-explanatory. It's just where things get amazing. Manifestations come in, clients come out of nowhere. You get the referral from this person that you didn't even know was watching your stuff. You get a random email back from someone says, I want to buy and they buy. It's always a surprise. That's the nature of a quantum manifestation is it's, you know, you've quantum manifested when you didn't see where it was coming from, because that means you'd let go and you'd allowed it to populate in a way that was surprising and beautiful. So this superflow phase lasts maybe seven to 10 days. You're not supposed to be in superflow all of the time. Uh, and after the superflow, you move into the fourth stage, which is celebrate and reflect. And this is where some resistance can happen because a lot of the people that are, that manifest what they want in superflow 
they don't recharge their energy. So, you know, you've, you've overcome all of this resistance. You've become a match. You've expended this energy. They don't recharge it. And this celebrate and reflect phase is about recharging the energy. How are you going to do it? How are you going to celebrate yourself? You, 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 it's really important that you celebrate yourself. Go do something and don't say, that, oh, I've accidentally celebrated. It needs to be a conscious decision to celebrate. Okay, I brought this bottle of wine. I'm going to make a really nice dinner. I'm going to sit down and appreciate this reality that I created, no matter how big, no matter how small. The worst thing you can do in this phase is to get into the year next energy. Like, yeah, but next. Yeah, but it's not enough. Celebrate all of it. The celebration creates more of it. Then the next thing that we need to do here is reflect. What was the key lessons here? What did I pull apart? What were the direct money-making actions that I took, right? Maybe I reached out to three people and they brought. Maybe I produced a sales page and they bought. Maybe I did a Facebook Live and they bought. Maybe I, I launched a podcast and people reached out to me. What are the indirect? Oh, I, I went to time zone and I went on a date with my wife and I had a whole lot of fun and it was awesome. These are examples of indirect ways that the money or the manifestation or the client was created. So we want to list these and we want to listen, look at what were the lessons that I learned? Because these form what we call the emotional and energetic foundations of building this new version of you. So this 2.0 version of you is a multi-six-figure or a seven-figure version. You're going to have to go through several iterations of the four stages of flow in order to create these realizations to shift any of the duplicity or the limitation or the limiting beliefs that existed in the 1.0 version of you. Every time you go through the four stages, you clear a resistance. So you lay a foundational block down for this new version of you. You get closer and closer and closer to being an energetic match until you become an energetic match. And once you, once you have that reality in which you set, you've become an energetic match. You've learned everything that you needed to learn along the way. You've laid down these energetic and emotional bricks to, to create the foundation of this person by overcoming resistance and reflecting on that. So the last phase of this reflect and celebrate is set a new intention. Same thing. What's going to bring you joy? After you've celebrated, you give yourself a little bit of space, let the new thing populate and come through. So I hope that was valuable for you today. This is our episode on the four states of flow. I'll see you in the next one.